There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes. Yes. Welcome in. Tim McKernan Show. January 30th, 2024. It's QFTA. It's questions from the audience. And we're live on YouTube. Yeah. Fucking bad boys. Fucking bad boys. We are bad boys. Uh, 48 hours from now, Jackson's going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona. That's right. That is right. Yep. Flying out on uh, Thursday uh, morning. Hours from now, I apologize. I have my uh, volume up. Now I turned it down. It's awesome. Uh, when are you flying? Tomorrow? Are you flying Thursday? Thursday morning. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And then you kind of time travel when you go out west, so. Two hours there now, right? You're going two hours. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're like, I'm taking off at like almost 11 and landing at 1 p.m. local time, you know, so it is, you know, material. Yeah. Uh, we welcome you to participate. YouTube chat open. Ten people are waiting for us. Like that. I like that a lot. Uh, get on and uh, tell your friends, tell your family. It's QFTA. Second to last one of January. If we can do tomorrow, that means we've gone live every business day in January 2024. That will not happen in another month in 2024. I can promise you that. That's damn near impossible. Well, it's because I know I'm gone for a good portion of, not a good portion, but a a few days in, in February. And, uh, and I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I've enjoyed doing it. That's for sure. Um, and we welcome you to send emails in, uh, team McKernan at inside stl.com sup piddles and the chud. That's Alexander Colton in the YouTube chat. What's up, Alex? Uh, so you can send emails in. I was, while I was, you were uploading balloon party. That's what Jackson was doing. Yep. And I was sifting through some of the emails that I've saved and I'm like, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me get the best of the best. So I kind of made cuts. I like that. Because there's so many, and then I'm like, okay, then I get to the emails, and I go, okay, I don't remember what this is about. It just says QFTA, which is fine. I guess if you are going to send an email, then maybe you give, like, a detail, so then when I'm going through them. In the subject line? Yeah, in yeah. the subject line. It wouldn't idea. be bad. Like this one that was sent yesterday at 8.39 p.m. It's not fair because now I'm starting with the most recent. But I, I liked it, and i got to be honest with you, I don't have an answer to the question, even though it's a question that, one would think I'd be able to answer, and I'm going to lean on you to see if you maybe right. have an answer. Hey, Tim, you mention all the time that download numbers play a huge factor in the show's revenue. That is not necessarily accurate. Because when I read that sentence, it means that, like, if we have this amount of downloads, it means we have this amount of dollars. There, I would say this in response to that as somebody who just bought advertising for a sound story and I didn't go, you know, who's got the Twitter followers or who's got the Instagram followers or TikTok. I go, okay, I know that if you have a large number of downloads for your radio show, you have a following because that means people have gone out of the way to subscribe and then whether or not they listen when they download, that's a whole different kind of conversation. But that you have an audience that leans in. And in our experience in the Sound Story ad buy that we ran in November and December, uh, both locally and then also um, in, uh, in four other markets outside of St. Louis, interestingly enough, 
do with it what you will, it was uh, the podcasts that gave us the biggest return on investment. Not something I would have ever expected, by the way. But great to know sure. from our standpoint. Really good to know. Um, and also kind of – but that, but that it also depends on your product mm-hmm. and who your product appeals to. If you're a podcaster, odds are you are going to be younger than if you are listening to X, Y, or Z radio station. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So with that said, that, that was kind of one of my guidelines in what we chose to buy advertising on when we looked at all of these possible opportunities. Um, so with that said, downloads do not equate to dollars. Downloads, I would say, is something that educated ad buyers would take into consideration in the equation of where they want to place their ad buy. But it doesn't mean like if we have a million dollars, then that means that's a million, excuse me, a million downloads. That means a million dollars or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't work that way. And I get it. because It's not an asinine question because there is and has been for a while something called a CPM model. And I want to make sure I don't misstate it. Uh, Jackson, are you familiar with the CPM model? Would that be for ratings? Is that the, the how ratings are calculated? That's correct. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. Cost per thousand ad, ad, ad buyers. Oh. So that's no. when clicks, uh, cost per thousand impressions. Got it. So that can then meet some people are playing for clicks, so to speak. What do you call it? Engagement farming? I do. That kind of game. Uh, that's not what this is. But what it shows you is if a show has a following, if a host has a following, you can't manufacture you can get like nickel and dime download numbers but you can't get into the hundreds of thousands or millions or tens of millions of downloads and game the system i suppose you can for a while but eventually an advertiser is going to find he didn't get any return on his investment and he's going to pull the dollar so with that all said that was just one sentence and i went off on a tangent hey tim you mentioned all the time that download numbers play a huge factor in the show's revenue that's not necessarily accurate but i get where you're coming from so we shall advance why don't why don't they take the streams into account? I personally only stream things unless I'm about to be on a flight, which is the only time I would download something. I wasn't aware that so many people were downloading things every day or why people even would download something over streaming it. So it gets automatically downloaded if you subscribe to a podcast. So that's why it's relevant. But the thing that I don't have an answer to, and I don't know if you do, I bet we could get it, is the streaming numbers. Oh, they're used. They're, they're, they're. Oh, I'm sure they're used. I just don't have them. I don't have them either. Okay, but I'd, I'd be really curious what they are, especially yeah. for our show, because unlike any other show, you know, in the building or maybe even in the market, I guess there's other shows that are live streaming podcasts, but at a Hubbard or at a Odyssey or iHeart, uh, it's not really over the radio. I mean, it is, but it's it's just not the main form of distribution. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? No, totally. So the live streaming, so then I'd be curious what those numbers look like. Okay. I couldn't agree more. And then when he asked that question, which is a totally logical question, just happens to be slightly off on the first sentence premise, but overall couldn't be more right. I go, yeah, why don't I have, why don't I have those numbers? Now I'm not out selling it. Right. I will come on sales calls oftentimes, but I'm not the one going into numbers. I see where we rank in Hubbard. I'm not talking about in St. Louis. I'm talking about the entire company with the downloads, and that's an exciting thing. I think it's probably exciting for the people at Hubbard. But 
uh, I don't have the streaming numbers, and I'd be really curious what the streaming numbers are. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know the back of a baseball card. Like you don't have just one stat. Right, you're all, exactly right. All of it is included. But, but we do not have the radio rating stat because we don't have ratings true. on that's HD two. True. It's yeah. It's almost. Like and even if we did, it would not be apples to apples because HD two versus an HD one are two totally different things. Right. It's like batting average to a power hitter. So uh, that's a it's a it's an outstanding question. And then I go, yeah, I wonder where I can get those numbers. And I know I'm, I know they're here, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, why don't I have them? Yeah, but I was wondering, I wonder if Jackson knows. No, I'm not privy to not. that information. But I know that those numbers are used. Is that right? All, all of it, you know, whether it's YouTube impressions and views and watch time and average watch hours, that's all included. Podcast downloads, obviously, social media stuff. All of it is included in one big file. File is the wrong word for it, but... You know, like I said, like the back of a baseball card. It doesn't have just one stat. It has a multitude of stats. Uh, let's see. Can we get Ed Herman to sub in J-Man? Uh, it's from Evan Simpson in the YouTube chat. I don't know what that necessarily means. I will answer all Ed Herman questions this way. The man, I would guess, has done quite well for himself and is not looking to switch careers to go into uh, podcasting, broadcasting, what have you. But I was telling Jackson this during the commercial break on Balloon Party. The con- there are conversations that I have, oftentimes are sound stories, actually, but that energize me. And Ed Herman is one of those conversations. And they don't. And it's this isn't like something that happens daily, by the way. This is, and when he comes in, I'm just like I can't wait because I think we think quite a bit similarly, but maybe have different thought processes for how we then wind up thinking similarly. Then we can disagree on things, but it isn't like a right. shit kicker Twitter yeah. thing, you know? <laughs> right, totally. I just, I could sit here and talk to Ed Herman for hours. And I, we, we, I caught myself. It was 8.55, and I'm going, I got a break. I, mean, I don't even know <laughs> what the policy is at this point, but we've been going for an hour and 55 minutes. Got a break. It is just so, you know, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I truly love it. And it's also... You know, intriguing to me that the audience loves it as much as the audience loves it. And then that makes me love the audience more because I don't think that would work on Ed and his style of conversation would work on a lot of shows because he is the antithesis of a takesmith. He said he works in the gray. That's why he loves, he majored in philosophy as undergrad and he uh, went to law school. And so he, he, he talks in the gray areas. And I think that's where I am, which is maybe it's, maybe it's refreshing to me and it energizes me because it's rare in our industry at the moment, not necessarily rare on our show, but rare in our industry where you don't, where you have somebody broadcasting but they're not really giving a take. And then they're also being vulnerable. Here I am for all my faults. Yeah. And then so honest. Yeah. I yeah. just love it. I can't get enough of it. I really can't. Yeah. It's kind of similar to when I talk about the great Mark Hanna. Uh, you know, there's it, with Ed Herman, obviously the knowledge and wisdom is plentiful. And there's plenty of people out there with plentiful amount of knowledge and wisdom. But Ed's ability to like talk about it on the radio and how he talks about it and his kind of style for lack of a better term, even though I don't think he would describe himself as like having a, a preconceived style, is really good for our style of show, the long-form show, conversational style show. So yeah. the way that he has both the knowledge and wisdom, which are 
very clearly plentiful, but the way he can talk about it is super, super cool, and I really love any time he comes in. Same with Andy Crouppen, too. Both very, very solid, solid guys when they come in. Uh, let's see. I'm going through them today. So this was the one I this I really anticipated a flood of, especially on TMA, because the email thing, you got to kind of reveal yourself unless you've taken the time to create a burner. Yep. And I think that curtails people from communicating directly. Uh, when I brought it up on TMA, which was the question from yesterday that a gentleman by the name of Eric posed under my QFTA thread, um, asking, let me see if I can find the post and read it so I don't misstate it. Um, no, I can't find it. Oh, when is the last time you changed your opinion on a topic because another person pointed out a different perspective? For example, anytime I would see a... Hot female teacher get arrested for hooking up with a male high school student. I used to think, man, I wish I had teachers like that back in high school. Then a buddy pointed out to me how much damage that could do to the kid because one of his first experiences with a relationship ends up with his teacher in prison, which could really distort his view on what a healthy relationship should be. I definitely changed my opinion after considering that and now really find it troubling when a story like that pops up. Anything come to mind for you? And the only thing I could really come up with, and that's and the only email I got on this topic... Uh, was about my perspective on downtown, which I didn't really feel like I, I don't really feel like that's like attached to me, but that's the only email I got. I got this from a gentleman he said, you used to say a successful city needs a flourishing downtown with young people, et cetera. I believe you've changed your tune on this. That's correct. Frankly, I think St. Louis should just punt on downtown, focus on midtown or wherever young people are going, let the riverfront rot. The Mississippi's a muddy industrial river. It isn't pretty, and it floods. This isn't a Ram Stadium mock-up with jet skis on blue water. People like Doug clamoring that we should have a nice riverfront are delusional. Nobody wants to look across the sludge of mud to East St. Louis while they sip on $12 cocktails. Uh, and I don't know if this person wants me to write his name, but nonetheless, that is uh, somebody who has emailed in before. Um, and I would agree. I just uh, I share that opinion. And I used to talk about the importance of a downtown or my yearning for a downtown. And I lived downtown in 2009, 10, 11, and 12. And now I just don't think that that's the case. But, you know, and then somebody said, well, give me some examples. And I would immediately go to, like, Los Angeles. You don't go to Los Angeles and go, oh, I want to go downtown. Right. It's there, yeah. but it's not really, like, the signature element. I realize it's Los Angeles. It's not apples to apples. Uh, Phoenix would be one mm -hmm. that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know how people would view Denver's downtown. Have you done any Denvering? I've been to Denver, but not for a long enough time to have an opinion. I've that. been a good number of times. I I just don't think, like, downtown Denver is necessarily what Denver's all about. My, I guess what I would say is this. Downtowns strike me as more of a product of the eastern yep. and older portion of the United States. Right. Not East Coast, per se, but East Earn. Yeah. And I just don't think they're necessary. I just, like, like, I think of specifically with sports venues. And when I say it, and I'm so super confident, I doubt I'll be broadcasting in, you know, 25 years when uh, th this would all come to fruition, that I just, there's, the Cardinals just aren't going to build another stadium in downtown St. Louis unless something substantial happens in some kind of event and St. Louis kind of has some kind of Nashville resurgence. So I'm, I'm very comfortable in that position from a traffic standpoint, from an ability to have communities around venues. Um, 
that that's the sports standpoint. And then also, in order to live downtown, especially in the city of St. Louis, you you just don't have children. You can't. I mean, you can, but it's rare. It, even in New York, I mean, certainly people live in New York with children. Talking about Manhattan, um, it's a different kind of life. Once you have children, then you're moving to take your pick of whatever suburb. So not not across the board, but certainly in downtown St. Louis. So it would have to have like St. Louis would have to have some kind of percentage of population shift in which you'd have younger people with money, many of whom aren't from here, move here for whatever reason, and live downtown. And then you see the businesses rise up, and then downtown becomes um, perceived as safe and more residential than it is, with the exception of those few blocks around Bush Stadium. That is my perspective. Jackson, your thoughts? I just don't think anything truly material will happen until the city and county merge. And so if that doesn't happen, then, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think the Cardinals will probably be playing in downtown St. Louis uh, the next time they get a stadium. If that does happen, anything is possible, truly. I think St. Louis is... Anything is possible if that happens. Up until then, though, it's going to be hard. Tim, hope all is well with you and your family. All this talk recently about old times on your previous shows, though this person wasn't on the show per se, it'd be interesting for me to know the backstory on the Maggie column on Inside STL. It has always been a mystery since its inception and who the writer actually was. Some insight on this, uh, please. Thank you. That's from Goose STL. Jackson, Maggie on top was the name of the column. Yep. And it appeared on InsideSTL.com, I believe, near the very beginning of the website, which debuted nearly 20 years ago, August 15th, 2005. You type it in now, and it redirects you to TMASTL.com. Maggie is someone I never met. If memory serves, I had one phone conversation with her, and it would have been 2008, because I can picture where I was, and I know where I was living in 2008. And the only part about the conversation that I really remember, this person was distraught over something. But I remember the voice struck me in the moment as odd. And then possibly somebody who may be, now with the benefit of hindsight, disguising their voice <laughs> as a gentleman to try to sound like a woman. Uh, the column became St. Louis-wise famous. It didn't yeah. go beyond St. Louis. I mean, I'm sure some people were reading it beyond St. Louis. But it was famous in St. Louis. So much so, I recall Mark Lamping, president of the Cardinals at the time, I believe in 2007, maybe it was 2008, coming into our studios above the sex shop for 1380 and saying, uh, I said to him, uh, yeah, how come you guys haven't started advertising on that InsideSTL.com? And he immediately turned to me and said, do you still have that girl writing about sex on there? And I said, yeah. He goes, there's your answer. <laughs> it wasn't just like, here's how I, you know, perform oral. Right. It was graphic. Yeah, old penthouse forum like. No, because it kind of got into her bowel movements. Oh, Lord. That's not... Well, I don't kink shame. <laughs> yeah, you to. might have been. You I was about to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she wasn't giving, like, a scat play. <laughs> but just, like, I I don't... I, that just stood out to me. Yeah, well, it should. Yeah. Um. You know, now, I've had, since then, this Maggie on top... 
there's been somebody who's come forward. It's, it kind of becomes like the JFK assassination. Many people are now coming out of the woodwork. Right, yeah. Oh, I actually know this guy. He worked as a mechanic on Watson Road. <laughs> and that was Maggie? That's what, I mean, this is one person saying this. Okay. But, um, you know, it was what, what struck me is I never read those columns and was like, man, this is hot at all. Yeah. What it struck me as, as somebody who is a really talented writer, either just writing a, their own little story yeah. or telling tales of their, you know, sexual promiscuity, either way, it wasn't, but she absolutely, it's, it, it's kind of like, you know, like an attractive woman on social media in 2024 in the simp festival that goes on. Sure. Oh my God. Yeah, That's where I want to do a deep dive. And like the lack of awareness. I mean, I'm, I, I watch that and I go, and this is just like a, I mean, really all that's like, you know, attractive is, you know, if this is what you're into, she doesn't carry a cock. <laughs> but other than that, I guess she's a girl, a mixed, you know, missed, you know, thousands of guys. And so she stands out. But as far as like, it, it's the St. Louis U high theory. I recall it's slew being around nothing but guys all day mm-hmm. that if even the most average lady walked down the hallway, it was Ella Reese. <laughs> yeah. I can, can imagine. That. Yeah. That, that's, and then, and I would imagine that's still going on at St. Louis U high and Chaminade and, and, you know, et cetera. I don't know if it works the other way. You know, yeah, if like if I were to walk down the hallway at St. Joe's, they'd be like, oh, George Clooney's arrived. Or if it'd be like it's a it's a short, bald, 47 year old man who gives a shit. I don't know. But I know on the guy's side, like, oh, my God. So I see that like sometimes on the Twitter tweets. And I'm like, why? That was just kind of like a, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess she's, I guess, attractive. And if you're lonely, you know, and gone through some tough times, you're now going to try and fire. Yes. Yeah, I mean... And I believe, going back nearly two decades, that's what Maggie experienced. Maggie experienced. I just think it was probably done via email. And if this auto mechanic is listening from Watson, if he could forward me some of the emails he got from guys taking their shot in 2006, (laughs) 7, and 8, I'd be happy to read those. So you're saying, like, had the the column been called, like, Melvin on top, you don't think (laughs) it would... Have had the Melvin same, on top. It would have the same traction. I just don't. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I just don't. Um, you know, I mean, the, the website was, you know, I mean, my God, I still think I'm, you know, I, I, I still don't think much of my acumen, but holy shit, my 2005, 2006 acumen, whoo, gives me chills. Um, but it's not like people are like buying the Maggie on top column. Right. We, it was driving traffic. I guess, but we weren't selling traffic. Okay. We were selling Girl Next Door events, really. And there was some traffic solo, but it, it did. The website certainly was popular. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong there, but it was never like life changing, sure. nor was it something where I'm like, oh, we can do this in other markets. It just, it just was, it was really kind of built upon the, the, secu- the success of the morning grind and then TMA. I mean, that's really what it was, and sure. that's what the business is essentially still now. Um, Let's see what we got here. Uh, Danny Kurth in the YouTube chat writes, We have an absurdly low cost of living and a great tech scene. We just don't have a concerted recruitment effort driving this forward. We have a lot to sell. It's just nobody is selling. Danny Kurth. 
and I also just observe the thermostat behind me that makes it look like I'm doing a show from a warehouse. And also, and it's out of frame of the camera, but Doug's microphone uh, is it's right so there. super close. It, it looks like you're doing a press conference. <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah, yeah I really like that. Can I bring that. it into frame? I don't know if I could. I could probably see move that. the camera. Can you move the camera? Yeah. Yeah, nice. You can see I'm doing a press conference. Here's what I have to say about St. Louis. I agree with Danny Kurth. I really do. I feel, I'm telling you, and it sounds so, maybe people don't, I don't know how people receive it. I guess there it is now I have the press conference. <laughs> I mean, I work with Mark Bonavani now on, I mean, I met with him yesterday. He'll be running our board meeting for Sound Story a week from today. Communicate with him multiple times. I just consider that such a miss. Such a miss. And I cannot tell you, I just, I just, I feel so strong. I think that Mark Monavani is to St. Louis and my feeling on my emotional reaction to that, as is how I tapped out of politics and following politics closely January 6th. I'm not comparing the two before you, you know, get offended and send out tweets or whatever. But I'm just saying like that broke my heart. And I realize I sit when people say, oh, it's because you have a relationship. I didn't have a relationship with him before he came on the podcast. I just know how he, he, he is, I guess I would say he's like Saban-esque. I mean, you've been in here for one podcast, but I think that's the only time you've, mm -hmm. it's just, it's so, it's so, yeah, we, we're just going to win and this is what we're going to do and I've done it and this is how we're going to do it. And I don't care if people like it. I don't care. I, I'm not going to be tweeting. I'm not going to, this is, I just know what we need to do. So just let me fucking do it. You like me, you like me, you don't, you don't, fuck off. We. This is what we need to do because I am watching a place I grew up in fall so far behind places we used to look down on. This is fucked. Let me take over. I don't want to be a senator. Had an opportunity to run for senator. I don't want to be a governor. I don't want anything else. This is, this is what I want to do. At this point in my life, this is what I want to do. And I go, God, how did we miss that? I don't feel, I don't, I haven't observed that in the city of St. Louis where I go, oh, we had that opportunity in the city of St. Louis, but still to have had that as a St. Louis County executive. Oh, I think it's, you, you, sometimes when you have all hell breaking loose, you need something like that. And, um, and again, I recognize that one could say you're, you're coming at it from a biased perspective. Obviously, I think highly of him. I have him, um, as our, uh, chairman for sound story, but, um, I, I just interacting with him. I mean, when I interact with him, I am like, okay, I got to be on my game mm -hmm. because, I mean, it's going to be, it's just, it's at a different level. You know, I, I am, I am well aware of my, uh, shortcomings when it comes to business and also thinking through problem solving for as much as maybe comparatively speaking, whether it be on this show or TMA or balloon party or whatever, people might think, Oh, you're pretty sure I'm, I'm fucking back of the classroom. Uh, and we could have had that. You know, and I know some of the things he was planning on doing. I know you would have been a big fan. Uh, it's just a real shame, and it was a real miss. So going back to uh, what uh, what uh, Danny Kurth writes, I, I share that. We have an absurdly low cost of living and a great tech scene. We just don't have a concerted recruitment effort driving this forward. We have a lot to sell, and it's just that nobody is selling, and that goes back to the leadership void. And I really feel strongly about it. At the same time, I don't know why someone who has done well for themselves would 
go, okay, I am going to now expose myself to just having a large portion of the population shit on me and my family, make stuff up, right. and then work with people who might not necessarily be right. firing on the same like you level of them. thought, right. and also might you might be negotiating or talking in good faith, but they might be already in the pockets of somebody else, and even if you want to, you can't get what you want to get done, done. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Totally, man. So yeah, that's just the St. Louis County executive position, much less if you want to talk about a, a bigger, bigger, bigger picture. Yeah. So when you sit there and go, how the hell did we get Trump and Biden? Well, because the great ones don't necessarily want to run. Totally, yeah. You can have all the vision in the world, but, you know, one person having all that vision, whether you're in Congress or House of Representatives, not Congress would include the Senate and House of Representatives, so my apologies there, but uh, county executive, doesn't matter. Like if you're working with other people and they don't have the same vision or like you said, they're compromised right. in other it's ways. A big, big part of it. Then like what, like you can only do so much and then in turn, you're not delivering on what you promised and then you're like, and so why would people want to get in this position where you're already against yourself in percentages of delivering what you're promising? I would say to an extent... The best broadcasters are the ones who are not beholden to anyone. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. And by best, of course, that's subjective. But perhaps the most honest. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the recent poll of the most trusted newsman in the United States? No, but I'm very curious to find out. Would you like to fire a bullet at the pot? And it's not fair because the answer is not somebody you would think of as a newsman. Okay. But most trusted person discussing politics in the United States at this moment. Hmm. Bill Maher. That's correct. Nice. Wow. Nice. Nice. Nicely done. Thank you. I just because I know he's kind of changed his perspective on things to where he's kind of, if you're gonna say someone's like down the middle, I feel like Bill Maher kind of represents that. I find some of it not for me personally, um, but. I uh, I understand why he would be that answer. Well, uh, so he is uh, he got. I'm trying to figure out where uh, he got that, uh, but I saw it. And I saw. I can't remember who I saw number two, but it wouldn't be somebody you would think either. Um, yeah, I think if you're in network news, you're probably already gonna be. It's gonna be tough because like what network news is, um, air quotes here, down the middle. Right. Um, so with that said, I mean, that speaks to, I, so I do wonder, I hope, I guess that, you know, going back to Ed Herman, like the nuance, the gray area Mm -hmm. that people will tire of, or maybe people already have tired of, and I'm talking about both sports and politics and whatever else these things go on where people are clearly, well, I find it to be clearly acting or they're exaggerating their reaction to things, or they're like, well, I guess i got to take a stand, so I'll argue this just to do it, or I'll race bait, clickbait, whatever bullshit tactic that goes on, essentially just act, and then pass it off as honesty. Um, it'd be wonderful if that, you know. So I like him in the sense that I don't know where he's going to be. And that's what I liked about And by that, I mean on an issue. Um, I mean, there are certain issues that I know are his hot-button issues, but with regard to a topic uh, I like that I don't know, as opposed to if I turn on X, Y, or Z personality, I already have an idea of what we're going to get. And that's what I loved about Strauss, Joe Strauss, is not only did he not give a fuck, and Joe was not somebody like Bill Maher, who was a multi-multi-millionaire, uh, you know, that, that, so in that sense, it took more balls, and he did, and especially in this market where people would be 
and I don't want to say fed because that makes it sound like it's like some kind of government controlled thing, but it's a lot easier to be a more of a hometown person in St. Louis than it is to be what Strauss was. Um, and I didn't know where he was coming from on things. I would look forward to reading it. And then I also knew it wasn't just like, like bait. He didn't give a fuck. Right. And I loved that. I admired it. I respected it. Um, and because I also knew it took some balls because it wasn't going to be popular, especially in St. Louis. Whereas I think the opposite probably goes on in some markets. New York would be an obvious one yeah, yeah. where you can't be complimentary. Right. You, like the whole gig is to act like you're angry the whole time. You know, it's an opposite situation totally, there. Totally. So, um, yeah, I, 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 so along those lines of the broadcast, like Charles Barkley and Shaq, they can be so great because it's like, okay, fire us. Yeah. All right, fine. Sucks. I'll miss it. Barkley seems like he's looking for a big slip. <laughs> And then somebody who's running for office who really doesn't need it and also doesn't need to be filled. But I loved when I first met with him that he's like, I am not going to run for anything else. It's the only thing I'm cut out to do. It's the only thing I want. So that's it. And I was like, that's not really. No, Usually people are like, rare. okay, I'll be a representative and then I'll be like an attorney general or an auditor. And then I shall be governor or United States senator. Yeah. And you can see the playbook playing out. Um, that's what I think you need in St. Louis is somebody who's just not beholden to anyone, doesn't care if they're popular, and just like, this is what we need to do, and then I'll be gone in four years, fuck off. And that's like, oh, God, let me just vote as much as I possibly can for, for that that kind of thing. Uh, let's see what we got in here. Uh, a lot of these people who claim to be, quote, in the middle were not in the middle eight years ago. It's crazy how much the political spectrum has changed slash expanded. That's from Wedding Tackle. Uh, corruption at any city level is off the charts. I work with a lot of local governments, and there is always a lot of good old boy stuff going down. It's all about who you know. Uh, it's also wedding tackle. Um, it sucks that you have to bounce around what you really want to say about St. Louis so you don't get cancel cultured. That's from Alexander Colton. I don't know if that's in, talking about us or if that's just in general. I don't know what that means. Alexander Colton, uh, if you don't mind, feel free, Alexander Colton. I don't, you know, if you, yeah, to, uh, if you have thoughts. Feel free. I mean, we're not gonna cancel you, right? I, but I don't know if he's talking about us. Like we're bouncing. Around. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm just it's trying to uh, to follow up on it. Um, let me see here. Got a, and then my nurse, and then my nurse. Kind of like this one. This one might. This is good. And this one just came in. So that's why I'm like, okay, Tim. I've been working on this theory for a while now. Soccer guys, diehard city fans, and B fibs, best fans in baseball are the same person when it comes to fandom, even though in life they are completely different. Where they live, political views, lifestyles. I think you understand what I'm getting at. Nick, I do. From my point of view, both claim to be the best fans in their respective sports. Is that true? Are City fans? I didn't know that that's the case. Maybe. And I don't know if Cardinal fans are necessarily... There's a portion, right. but they're not TMA and Tim McKernan show listeners, you know? No. This is our safe space. It is. Uh, from my point of view, both claim to be the best fans in their respective sports. Both have high, unrealistic expectations for their teams. Both are very defensive of their sport and or very attacking online. Do you think this is a reflection of how St. Louisans act as sports fans, or is this just a funny coincidence? That's from Nick. Sent in at 1137, Jackson. Yeah. This, is, this is hot off the griddle, Jack. It's, a, it's an interesting theory. Interesting theory. Fun thought exercise, if nothing else. I would say there's a key difference in the two of them. Baseball fans are desperately trying to convince people that their sport isn't dead and that it's still what you remember as a kid. And soccer guy, soccer fan, is trying to convince you that, you know, 
there's a reason this is the most popular sport in the world and you should get involved in it. So there are like different stages of life. Like baseball fan is kind of holding on to a romanticized past while soccer is trying to encourage a bright future. And I think that's the key difference in the two. And I think that's why you get different backgrounds on both, both politically, age-wise, demographics, whatever it is. I think you'll see a difference there based on their motives or uh, the reasoning for trying to convince you to come aboard their their bandwagon in a way. Interesting. I'm intrigued by the conversation. Yeah. I don't I think what I think here's an there's an overarching theory that can be applied to damn near anything. I think people see what are in the whole scheme of things the the low end of the respective bell curves on social media and then apply it not to where it really is on the low end of the bell curve but to the actual meat of the bell Mm -hmm. in like a large portion of fan bases when in reality they're actually i don't say extreme because i think that has a negative connotation but really more of a sliver of the population of their respective fan bases like i just don't think the majority of people who go to city games are like fuck you if you don't like soccer. I think they're just enjoying, like, holy shit, look how great this building is. It's in, a, in most likely your hometown. Yeah. And I get to stand up throughout a game and cheer and not be fearful of being yelled at from somebody from, you know, behind for standing up during a play and how refreshing that is. Um, I don't think, like, the, okay, who, whatever guy that's coming back that really was an average player but now we're going to let the country know how great of fans we are, even though the country couldn't care any less, by giving a standing ovation to this person. Like, in Bush Stadium, of the however many are in the ballpark, let's say 40,000, like, really, how many really are standing up, you know, not just to be polite after, like, everybody else stood up, but, like, oh, I'm so grateful for, you know, what Aaron Miles did. (laughs) It's just, I, I, so I think that, I think then that becomes a thing. And so in other words, I think we overrepresent what, that which we see on social media. Yeah, it's, we're talking about small pockets. That's what I'm saying. Bases. We're talking so, about very small pockets. But I, li- I like the email because I do agree with that, that he who would be, or she who would be a best fan in baseball versus the, you know, diehard city fan. But again, I think we're talking about such a small portion of people they would be they would not there would not be a lot of overlap there i think then the question is from my point of view both claim to be the best fans in their respective sports i didn't know that that was the case with city fans both have high unrealistic expectations for their teams i didn't know that was the case with city fans yeah that that i kind I of don't know, though. push back on just the like how high can your expectations be for an expansion year, team yeah in year 2 or especially like what were people's ex- expectations for year 1 both are very defensive of their sport and or very attacking online. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Cardinal fans are really defensive of baseball. I think they may be defensive. If, if, it's, if it's somebody outside of the Cardinals attacking the Cardinals, they're defensive of the mm-hmm. Cardinals, but then they're allowed to shit on the Cardinals, and in particular Bill DeWitt and John Mazalak, which, again, I think is subconsciously in part socioeconomic. Sure. Uh, but Carolyn Kendall is, you know, not hurting. 
and is right now, I mean, got probably like 100% approval rating. Yeah. I yeah. would imagine. Yeah, and I think you can find fan bases who attack online for every single That's another professional thing, right. Teams. But, I mean, where is there more? I don't know. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, in order to really, like, break it down, comparatively speaking, I'd have to see other MLS fans, you know, yeah. attacking. And I just, yeah. those aren't neighborhoods I visit. Sure, and I appreciate the question itself, and the. Th- I like. I do. I, I enjoy it. It's a perfect QFTA question. Totally. I don't have a great answer for it. Totally. But then the question becomes: Do you think this is a reflection of how St. Louisans act as sports fans, or this is a funny coincidence? Um, I don't want to just disregard it because I see the overall point. I think if you want to tie it to St. Louis, I don't think you would have this, perhaps as much. Even though I still think we're shining a spotlight on, you know, a sliver um, in, you know, like a, a New York or L.A. or Chicago. But then at the same time, you have some of the more hostile sports fans mm-hmm. in in particular, uh, some of those bigger markets. But, if, if you know, if, if this is what you got going on, as in sports, and then you don't have much else going on, then that can lead to focusing on things like there just there aren't a lot of markets around the country where people are like like living for baseball in December, you know, and that's kind of what we got. I mean, this is this and when I make this observation about the St. Louis Post Dispatch sports page, I'm talking about the online site, uh, and just like how nothing's going on. It's it's it's, it's startling if you have what we have at the moment, like what it's like. That's why I was saying to you about balloon party. I'm like, Ooh, how are you going to pull this off today? Like, what do you got? It's going to be the all-star break in the NHL, no NFL team, no NBA team and college basketball. This does not have people talking in the St. Louis area. Um, And if they are, they're talking about Travis Ford's time coming to an end here in a month, a month and a half. And, you know, you go, wow. And I and it's just that's the thing when you ask me about because today's twenty four years since the Rams won the Super Bowl, uh my re- my reaction is sadness because it just isn't the way that it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that gets back to what we were talking about before, and that's why we're in the spot that we're in. But you could have the greatest leadership in the world, and I don't know if anything could have been done to stop Stan Kroenke from moving. I don't, to, I don't know. You have to go back to like the nineties and yeah, and, and the, you're right. You're actually right about that right. because that once that clause was written, it was, it was the death sentence. It was, it, if you had somebody who had enough money to do it, it yeah. was, it, it actually was. You were exposed, totally exposed. So you'd have to go back to the early nineties to stop that. You know, if we're going in the DeLorean, you know, you're not setting the date, the date Stan Kroenke bought the team. You're setting the date in the early 90s to stop the clause. Yeah, or just just getting an expansion team, or you keep the Cardinals here. So many things. Either way, you don't have that clause. I mean, that clause is is it. So that that part, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's – I'm trying to think if, like, the psychology of the sports fan in the area is so damaged by the fact that we've, you know, if you're in your 20s, you've seen us lose one team. If you're in your 40s, you've seen us lose two teams. If you're in your 60s, you've seen us lose three teams. And I don't know how you view the spirits of St. Louis, if you want to call it four. But um, and am I missing anything else? Am I missing another one along the way? You know. Of the four majors, no. No. So I don't know if that contributes to it. I don't know. But, yes, I, it, 
if I get an email and assuming that it's it's the spelling and grammar is correct, but I have to tell you that's usually a, a tell. Uh, and if it's bitching about the way I talked about the Cardinals and that I was downplaying how good they are, I'm not picturing somebody who's 21 and lives in the city limits. If I get an email and it's bitching about our coverage of city or something along those lines, I'm not picturing somebody who's 75 and lives in St. Charles County. Sure. Now, that may be unfair, but then that speaks to what this gentleman's talking about. He does not think the overlap is there. Um, to me, the biggest exposed nerve in the St. Louis sports world pre-2019 were Blues fans. Currently, it's Mizzou fans. Angry, but not necessarily angry at the media, Cardinal fans. And City, I mean, to City's credit, and depending on your perspective, I suppose, on how you characterize it for St. Louis, I can't imagine too many markets around the country have as much MLS presence as City does relative to the sports scene sure. and their their piece of the pie. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? For like cities MLS. That are, that are comparable to St. Louis. Because like if you're like you're Austin, your only sports team right. is the MLS team. What about the Timbers when Rip City isn't having a big year? Yeah, no, I'm uh, that would be actually be comparable because yeah. you know, I think that because City plays across both the Blues and the Cardinals season. So it's soccer's a long season. Yeah, I think that last part of that question that he sent yeah. in I think is a, a, a more of a reflection on sports culture in general than it is St. Louis, like localizing it. I think that's kind of how sports culture, if you look at it, like there's pockets of every sport, of every team that are exactly what that gentleman describes. Right. I just, I just don't know like who's exempt from that, and social media just exacerbates it. That's the key. The, the interesting part, that I think, is that, that there probably isn't that much overlap. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I don't think that that's like a St. Louis thing. I'm trying not to just disregard it as a coincidence, but because I'm trying to like read into, okay, is it because we've experienced at least one team leave, leaving in everybody's lifetime again? Uh, um, assuming everybody listening to this podcast is at least seven. <laughs> Which isn't confirmed. <laughs> right. <laughs> My two-year-old's uh, now two-year-old, two-year-old, uh, two-year-old for three days. Because, uh, again, we watch the outfield your love 20 <laughs> times and then you just start spinning around for the next three and a half minutes strangest fucking thing kind of entertains me though yeah. uh and then you know on the, my youtube you see the tma logo dada show dada show so we are reaching the two-year-old nice. fan base and that's Look. great to hear yeah he'll be texting in the end of the year he'll be texting and sexually harassing doug yeah, it'll be, be awkward yeah. i was at family golf yesterday i'm leaving with the two-year-old and i got him one of those family buckets yeah 100 golf balls and I'm like, okay, here, motherfucker, <laughs> see if you can. Let's see if you can handle this today. Yeah. And then I just sit there. The Umsel golf team's hitting balls right next to our little sure. Triton. day, Triton, Triton season. And like the coach walks by and he like does a double take. It's like, is that a, you know, two year old just placing the ball on the tee and then hitting the ball and then placing the ball on the tee. He gets done, and he wants more balls. More balls! More balls! I'm like, dude. I couldn't even get through 70 yesterday. I mean, oh, you hit balls yesterday? You yeah. go family golf? Uh, I was going to, it was like right around like 4.15. You went to the neighborhood highlands? I did. I went to the, the Boylands. Yep. The Boylands. That's right. And uh, and like I hit, it's just whenever it's a touch cold and you miss hit, what a bad, oh, really? what, what a bad feeling. 
What I, hate a, to, what I a, hate to hear that's even within your outcome. Uh, well, I mean, the mats. You know, if you're on mats. Oh, you're hitting the turf first? Yeah, a couple times, yeah. Oh, no. Well, it's some fresh off the shelf. All right, and, uh, yeah. I'm going to take a sweet, sweet guy to beat up on you this weekend in Scottsdale. He doesn't play, and if I would, I, oh, my God, there's not enough pops in this world that would make it a fair match. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm leaving with my two-year-old, making sure he doesn't get hit by vehicles because he's just wandering around, <laughs> as you might imagine. Spinning. And there's Doug and Nick Vaughn. Oh, hey. Yeah, how oh, do you do? If I would have showed up, this would have been I like mean, a little reunion. Yeah. Wow. It's just like, oh, how do you do? It was a beautiful day yesterday. It was great. It was great to see. I, I, I was thinking yesterday, I was like, when was the last time we saw the sun? Like, actually saw the sun. It was glorious. With some warmth. In the way, I got to tell you something, Jackson, the weather this week. No, it's going to, like, January suck in 30th. Scottsdale and be great. Is here. it really? Not suck, but it's not going to be, like, in the mid 70s. God, it's 61 on Thursday. Yeah. It's, like, what? It's like 75 in Scottsdale on Thursday. Shit, I, maybe I'll play. I kind of was just like, eh. The problem is, I just don't really enjoy playing. Even now, I still don't. Because a, the grass is still super dormant, and no matter what time, up until like maybe early May, it's always wet on the ground. That's what I'm saying. Because the ground's still thawing out. You know, it's still thawing out. That's exactly right. So it's wet. You don't get it. It's not a true test of your game. The 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 ground. I just don't give a shit. And then I'm going to gamble. And it's like we're using handicaps when we were playing, and I'm at a total disadvantage because I'm not a three handicap right now. Right. You know, I'd be lucky. I mean, a major way to shoot 75 or better. Major way. I mean, just... And so I'm going to lose money. And it's that's not fun. And no. I'm, it's just dumb. And I don't have fun. any feel. Cold, cold golf, like... It, hot golf, like hot, hot, like in the hundreds, is obviously uh, tough. But I'll take that every day of the week oh, over. Even like... Couldn't agree with you more. Even like mid-50s. Couldn't like agree with mid-50s, you more. Mid-50s, like if there's a little snot coming out of my nose because it's cold, out. Hate it. No, thank you. Mm. Ground's wet. Grass looks like shit. Out. Uh, let's see. I, uh, I, I pro V's for ball striking practice. How dapper. That's from Eric Nickens. Did we talk about our golf ball? No. I was no. hitting uh, range balls. Well, my two-year-old was. I got a couple in. But otherwise, I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, oh, you know what? I'll scroll Instagram and TikTok while I watch. And, it's, and I think about it. I'm like... This is great that I don't have to worry about that he just, like, wanders out to go get his ball. Right. That's great that he was one when I was taking him to the driving range, and I can just, like, sit here and then not even think anything of it. Yeah, he's learned. Yeah. He's learned. Yeah, so that, I got to tell you, I'm proud of that. No, you should Because be. now, I can, now I can just sit there and relax. I'm just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Son's hitting balls. Oh, where's your son? He's the two-year-old. Yeah, and you're just out there enjoying <laughs> the nice weather. I am. I could, I, I couldn't enjoy it anymore. Uh, let me see. Anything else to get to here, Jackson? I'm in the YouTube chat to see if there's anything doing. Um, anything, anybody unhappy with us? The loudest are usually trying to defend their personalities, now being tied to success or failures of their chosen passion. Mizzou social media, chiefs, conservatives, progressives, all the same. I, didn't, I might have missed the earlier text from this gentleman, but I kind of like where he's going. But I just want to see if I'm missing context. Uh, quote, best fans in baseball, in my opinion, just means we appreciate the little things that built this franchise and we like to show it since so many superstars usually get the most love. Uh, I don't know. 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 I, I, I think, I think here's my observation on the best fans in baseball thing. I think it was organic and now it's become, look at us. A little bastardized. If you would like to use that verb, I'd accept it. Yeah, or adjective, nurse. Um, yeah, that could be more uh, adjective. Yeah, describing. So, uh, 
it was, and then a few guys said something about it, and then it became a, oh, well, now. I just, I think it's... Yeah. And, and here's reality. Like, if you go to... It could even be Kansas City, much less like New York or L.A. or Indianapolis or Nashville. They don't go, oh, you're for St. Louis. Man, the way you guys cheer when a ball's hit to the right side of the infield and advances a runner even though he's out 4-3 and lowers his batting average. Man, that's so great. They go, oh, St. Louis. Rams, yeah, huh? Right. It's, yeah. Crime, it's, huh? If your oh, effort yeah, you is... got the arch, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's baseball masturbation. To an in extent. downtown St. Louis, right? Because it's it's pleasure for us and no one else. <laughs> yeah, like there's passionate sports fans everywhere in this in this great union, Tim. And uh, oh my gosh, yeah, Abe me, Lincoln. Well, me and Potatoes guy, and uh, <laughs> and so yeah, the idea that like St. Louisans know more about it. it's uh, the Cardinals are such a unique franchise because of and I, this is what I've been told and what I've seen is because of how big the radio broadcast was back in the days before games that were is televised. Accurate. And so that is absolutely accurate. And a lot of baseball fandom is more about father-son yeah. or father-daughter. <sighs> uh, and it being passed down from generation to generation. I'm observing it now. I was stunned when my now six-year-old wanted to go to a Cardinal game for his birth. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And it was hotter than fuck. It's when the Mets were in town. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, my God. And they were so shitty at that time. Oh, my God. It's just not what he's into. Yeah. It's just I'm anxious to see what the two-year-old, who I get the sense at this point, obviously, since he's hitting 100 golf balls and whatever's going on there, uh, what he's into and then goes in the basement and then just hits balls over and over again. If he, it seems like he's going to be more sports. What he will be into, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't grow up with an NFL team. Yeah. Um, God, I, I, I hesitate to do this because I'm bringing my family into the, the arena. But I got to tell this story, and now it's good. And now it'll. Ah, I don't want to tell the story, but it happened. I definitely wouldn't say this on TMA or balloon party. But uh, I picked up my son from school yesterday, and and I could tell he wasn't in a great mood. I go, "What the hell happened?" And he goes, "Oh, I got in an argument with, you know, a couple, he named a couple." And I'm like, "Okay, you know," and he's a shit disturber, so I'm like, "Oh, this is far from the course <laughs> or whatever." And then like we get home, and it's like 20 minutes later. I go, "Are you like upset about whatever the hell happened at school?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, well, "What happened?" And he goes, he names the kids, and he goes. They're they're all saying the Chiefs are going to win. I go, who the fuck cares? Why do you even, do you even know? <laughs> and he goes, well, I tried to tell him that the Chiefs owner voted for this. <laughs> and I, I go, internally, I'm like, I'd never be more proud of this son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I'm like, amazing. Come to your father. That's so good. Come to your father. It was like the end of Return of the Jedi. Oh I'm like, I'm ready to go. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here are a bunch of five and six-year-olds who are not alive for the Rams being here, trying to, like, break shit that I attempt to break down, and then it just oh becomes fuck cronky, and I'm like, uh, I might as well just tweet that out, and I'll yeah. get popular. And I'm like, here is my six-year-old, you know. What a king. Oh, my God. What a king. That's incredible. <laughs> And I'm like, and and I, and I and he will give me shit about not cheering for the Chiefs. I'm like, you can cheer for the Chiefs all you sure. want. I don't give a shit. Yeah. 
but I'm just telling you where I am. Plus, you weren't in school at Columbia, Missouri in the 90s, and I'm just telling you, some of these Chiefs fans had a real thing with St. Louis. I don't know what the hell it's about. Now I'm seeing St. Louis start to have a thing with Kansas City, and it makes me so sad because it's like if like we start talking shit on Des Moines in 20 years. Could be coming. Oh, my God. That's that's the thing that makes me sad. Yeah. I, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs have already won. I don't even know how many Super Bowls since the Rams left. I don't even What have they won? Two. Two? Okay, yeah. yeah. They beat the Eagles and beat the 49ers, right? And they yeah. lost to the Buccaneers, and this is the fourth one. Stan Kroenke won a Super Bowl in his own building. I mean, yeah. we lost. <laughs> we have, I mean, it is just, there's no, you can celebrate when the Rams lose to the Lions, and if the Chiefs lose to the 49ers, if somehow that's a win for you, whatever. To each their own. We don't fan shame. No. But for me, for me personally, that's where I am. And, but hey, I mean, I am out on on the weekends, these kids' sporting events, or if I'm whatever the hell I'm doing where people aren't necessarily dressed up and they're just wearing sports. What am I seeing? I am seeing Chiefs hoodies and sweatshirts, and I just go, boy, Clark Hunt. Tip of the cap. Amen. See Stan Kroenke's valuation on the Rams? You know? I mean, everybody's winning. And and that's the thing. So when my son came home with that, and I'm like, wow, I am so proud. (laughs) I'm so proud. I mean, I would love to have a recording of that conversation. Yeah, that's so good. And then one of the kids who he talks about being like super smart, uh and and he said he tempted to say this to him. And he goes, I don't care. And I go, it's the absolute proper response on his yeah, part. Yeah, I, yeah, I respect it. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. He's fighting a good fight. I mean, yeah, so uh, there it is. Um, all right, that's going to do it, Jackson. Right. I'm, I'm gonna, it's like Patty Harrington. Have them leave the golf course before they're tired. Yeah. We're going to leave the audience wanting more and recharge our batteries and get better at teasing. I do that with pizza. Finish with one slice. Like, if you think you can have one more slice, but that's going to do Takes it. Takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. You're smart. This is another sharp player for a 25-year-old. Yeah. yeah. But, the, but, you know, you put it back in the box and you put it in the fridge. You're like, you're going to be thankful later if you get a little peckish that you left yourself a slice. Nothing engages an audience more than a host talking about his whoop stats. Yeah. Well, consultants at least this audience. T- consultants will tell you that. But I now am, I am on to, I can actually feel physically, not like I feel terrible, but I can feel physically when I am not going to have a good night of sleep, which is solely tied to how much I ate, and when I ate it. Mm. And so if you are having issues with sleep, it is, it's, so I, at this point, now again, for me and Jackson, we're probably getting up earlier than the average person at 5, 5.15, whatever. What time do you get up? I've asked you the 5. First alarm goes off at 4.50, right. right. yeah. feet on the floor, no later than 5.15. So, I mean, our situation's probably an hour, two hours earlier than most people. With that all said, um, I cut myself off at 6 o'clock. And I and you also got to cut yourself off, or I got to cut myself off from eating too much. Yeah, and I can just tra- and I because I track the data, which is again fucking nuts. But then I feel better, and it's not infallible. There were some nights from like, how the hell am I pissing? How do I need to piss? I haven't had anything to drink in like nine hours, and here we are. But uh, yeah, it's and my wife has a terrible sleep problem, and I feel terribly for her because I lived it, and I know how it owns your life. And I'm like, I want to get you a whoop. And she goes, I already know it sucks. I don't want to see. But I'm like, okay, like once every few days, though, you get a great night's sleep. And then it's like, let's then 
yeah. unpack, social media word, unpack it to figure out what your behavior was that then got you there. I like uh, I like the term reverse engineer. That's a nice that's, one. That's my fits. If I can throw that in there once a day, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of it, for me at least, and I think it actually works all in tandem, is hydration. Because if you're well hydrated, then you don't have like a lot of energy spikes where you're low and high and low and high. The more hydrated you nice are, play. The, the more hydrated you are, the less hungry you are. Water is a great way to curb your appetite, and also it just like natural and like synchronizes your circadian rhythm where like you're up and you're not down. You don't feel that you need to nap. You don't feel like you're super tired throughout the day. Again, you're eating more balanced meals or at least more like less like going from eating nothing to eating so much is bad for you. But if you're hydrated throughout the day, you're probably snacking a lot yeah. less, and it makes things more consistent. And as long as your prostate isn't a, isn't a tingling, tingling. At yeah, night, it's a harsh mistress. It can be. Um, I feel like hydration is a huge factor in that. Um, I, I I just it, I, so like last night we had a birthday cake left over from our two year old's birthday party on Sunday, and I'm like, you know what? It's five thirty. I've already had dinner. Had my chicken breast. Same thing as Andrea's barbecue sauce. Little sopping. Little soppins. And I'm like, let me let me let me play with the. Let me, let me just fucking inject this sugar in. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll even have the, I'll, I'll just, there's, I can tell there's no cake here. This is just icing. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. And let me see. But I'm not going to eat anything after 6 o'clock. It's easy to do. Brush your teeth. That is the appetite killer. Yep. It's a little secret. Little secrets here on QFTA. And then I'll see what happens. And then sure enough, weight was standard, built like a brick shithouse, buck 56. Yep. And a menacing. green recovery, menacing 156. A-gap. Meet me in the A-gap is what you're if saying. If you would, if you'd like to meet me, meet me in the A-gap. Uh, and and a, and a great night's sleep. Yeah. And I'm like, this is it. Yeah. And then I get bad night's sleeps on Friday and Saturday. Why is that? Because I eat like a fat ass. Yeah, glutton. And you're probably going to bed a little later on Friday. Yeah, I absolutely. But, yeah. and I, hey, I'm not going to ch- I want to be able to get fucked up and whatever. So I'm not like, oh, I want to have green whoops all the time. I don't care. But right. it's it's now that I know what contributes to it, what I wouldn't do to have this information when I was 25 mm-hmm. and to have that full head of hair and, and to be six, what are you, six, eight, six, eight, six, nine, six, nine. Yeah. Six, nine. Yeah. But I, I stand next to like Paul George and you're like, what's the difference? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, with the information I have. Right. But I feel like so much God of it is, almighty. is technology is just, I, w- I think I would live in a threesome. I think I'd constantly be in a threesome. You'd be like I'd be doing the show and I'd be in a threesome. <laughs> Various friends. Oh. That's how, that's how good I would have it. You're like Burt Reynolds in the 70s. That's right, with a hairy <laughs> chest and gold medallions. I was watching Deliverance for whatever reason. Just hopped oh, up. Oh, probably one scene. Yeah, well, well, we all know it. But he wears like this vest with his chest hair mm. out. And you're like, and this guy was like the hottest guy in the Absolutely. world in the 70s. Like, yeah. it's so odd to oh. me. But that is difference in times. Uh, your thoughts on Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise. Email in tmckernan at insidestl.com. Let me see if anybody... I might need to have you start posting the, the, the QFTA thread on the fan page because it's more socially acceptable to interact with you than it is me. Mm, okay. But I really want, I really want answer. I really want an answer to this thing. Where what, the, what was the question about like things that we've said? Because I'm, I, and I just can't. Because I gotta have one. But I feel like because we're like fairly aware of the way we convey things, that if we were to like make a somewhat major opinion change it would be with like a disclaimer or the context of like i used to think this way but now i've changed yeah. because of this i would be maybe if it was like a long-standing like you had an opinion in 2005 that has now changed since in 2024 you might not be as aware but if it's of something somewhat recently 
I feel like we would, wouldn't just be like, oh, I completely forgot. Right. I said the opposite of this opinion right. I have now. Like, I am all still 100% pro strip bars going out, getting fucked up. I'm pro threesomes, whatever. Uh, I'm pro, you know, uh, cursing, obviously. And I and I will say this stuff to my children, and and I'm like that. I, I don't see like this being like a moral thing at, at all. I don't I don't know how that's they, they they become moral issues. I want them to be good people and how they treat people. And and like like Ed was saying today, Ed Herman. I know not everybody saw this, but when he was saying so, the judgment of me as a father and my daughter as a as a human is how much money they make that determines success. Yeah. And then academic success is tied to math. I can already tell you she's not going to do well in math. And I'm like, God, this is so... He's conveying something that I would probably take like 10 minutes to, to do. He's doing it so succinctly, and I couldn't agree more. I remember when my son was born, my first son, and I came in, and I remember said, I, if, if Now, this was when the plowhawk was like pre, like 30 different firings and furloughs, so I know he's got some, you know, he's got some wear and tear from the... battle the, wounds. The, the battle wounds, exactly. So it's not the plowhawk, it's the battle. Uh, but I remember this is August of 2017. I'm like, if my son wants to be the, a board operator and is as happy as the plowhawk is, I will, I'll be thrilled. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh man, I hope he makes this or I, I just, I want him to be happy. Right. You know, right. I don't want to have the, the curse of what I carry of, oh fuck, I got to constantly be working more, you know? I'm, and I don't even know if I was even as aware of it as I am now in 2017. And so that to me that is success. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder, and I, and I don't know. I don't know if somebody's going to be able to present something otherwise, unless I don't know. As long as you, again, as you have enough to to live. Sure, that sure. And I, and I, Mike, what I'm going to say here isn't refuting your point, but I think. Well, it, please feel free, sir. I think it like changes up a, a way of thinking about it because I, I would think the grass is greener on the other side works really well in this context because like if you're the person who makes a ton of money, but in your mind, like you're miserable or like you don't like your job and it's like taking it. Well, I'm never stuff. satisfied. That's, that's how I would describe it. I'm definitely not miserable. I'm probably no. happier than I've been. Oh, I wasn't talking about no, you. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, there's a difference like being somebody miserable who's got a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, and then somebody, and it's not again, and all of a sudden I'm becoming, you know, Warren Buffett here. That's not what I'm saying, but that, that, that I don't need to be doing all of this shit, I guess would be the best way to describe it. But then I can't stop. Right. But but I mean, I take it to the golf thing. The, if anybody ever wants to like try to get inside of what the fuck's going on in here, it would be. I remember I was playing with some guys and I got down to like a five or a four, and I used to be like a twelve or thirteen handicap. And they're just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then I start. Then I started getting shitty again because I made some changes. I knew I had peaked at the being a five or whatever. But in my mind, I'm like, I know I can be better than a five or a four for that matter. I just, I mean, there's not, like you, I mean, I'm not going to get in your, you know, whatever, but I, there's not a doubt in my mind because I've seen it. I've seen it. And I'm like, so I, so therefore I'm, I'm more than happy to go back to being an eight or nine because I can be better. Yeah. So I, then, then why wouldn't I? But everybody else is looking at me like, why'd you fuck it up? It was great when you were a five. And I'm like, but I can be better. So why wouldn't I? Mm -hmm. And then, but then I spend a bunch of time on it and I still haven't, I mean, I've gotten down to, but I haven't gotten to, I don't, but then I don't even know where the fuck I'm going. It's like, when is it going to be good enough? If I do in fact get to scratch, it's not like they go, oh, here's your check for $250,000. Congratulations. You're a scratch golfer. It's like, what am I doing it for? Come home and tell my wife, hey, I'm a scratch golfer. Oh my God. I mean, she, she wouldn't be able so to care so any you less. You wouldn't live in that threesome if you were a scratch golfer? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like I will tear it down 
to get it better. Yeah. And, but well, I'm comfortable think, doing that. I, I think that's a, a super rare thing where someone would like get to that point, the best golf they've ever played, and be like, I'm going to overhaul my swing because I have reached my ceiling. Like, I don't think people often are like, I have reached my ceiling. And this is very golf centric because this is. But I apply it to life. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm not going, hey, let me talk real quick about my handicap. I'm talking about life. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people would go, okay, settle. Like, like Tommy, for example, our head of programming here. He goes, you know, I just something's. He goes, you're always wanting to work. It's great. I don't get it. Think something's wrong with you, but whatever. You know, I'm sure there's like, great. We got somebody here who wants to do a bunch of shit. I know they look at you the same way. Um, but yeah, you kind of kind of get to a point where you're going, oh, well, you know, what? Just settle down. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so taking it back to my son and then going like the plowhawk, I viewed at that point in 2017 as like this happy, content guy right. going home to have snick snacks and play like a college football dynasty. Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I I truly envy that. Right. I really, I honestly envy that. But I, there's a scene in your film, or not film, your show, Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Just one of the recent episodes I watched, and I don't recall who might have been with your guy Alfie Salmons. Ah, oh, the greatest. Uh, and Killian Murphy, your guy, says, uh, would you rather be one of your three fucking gardeners? And he goes, not a pot to piss in, but all happier than me. You know, something yeah. along those lines. That's what I'm saying. Like, you could be the person with a ton of money and being like, boy, I'd love to be happier and, like, like have less concerns in life. And then you can find that person who, is, in your mind, is happier with less concerns. And they might be like, shit, I wish I had a bunch of money. Right. So, it's, so that's like when Doug and I will occasionally go right. back and forth. Not that we've done this a lot. Right. But I'm like, oh, I wish I had your, right. you know, Doug Vaughn Nirvana. It's tough to have it all. To. Tough right. to have it all. Yeah, who's got it all? Who's got it all? Tell me who's got it all. I, like, who's I, got it better than us, the Harbaugh family? Yeah, like that's the thing. Like the people you might imagine might be like, if you would have asked a, a guy like Robin Williams, for example, a guy who in your mind could have ha- like had it all. Like, I would have like, found him exhausting. I would think, I bet he was exhausted. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's what I'm saying is like this guy who puts on the persona of being so happy and being a guy who's super content and like he's a major movie star. He has, probably has a lot of money and he is battling a brutal, brutal mental illness and ends up in the most tragic of circumstances. Like, that's a prime example of, like, you just don't ever know what someone in their mind is going through. But on the surface, you would think that, like, someone with a bunch of money is then happy because how many of our problems as, like, you know, average Americans is based around money a lot. I've got our answer. And I think you're going to go, holy shit, you found the person. Ella Reese? (laughs) It's not. I'm really concerned about her, by the way. I saw she liked an Abigail Mack post yesterday. Oh, you are down deep, dude. <laughs> no, it was the first thing. It wasn't okay. like, I'm like, oh, let me see who liked <laughs> okay. Abigail. Okay. I was no, like, it was Man. like, because Abigail Mack, as far as I'm following on Instagram, doesn't post all that often. So it was like the first person that's yes, like, exactly. Abigail or Ella Reese. Ella Reese, and others baby. Like yes, exactly okay, right. Okay, okay. No, it's yeah, you we're, not, going no, we're not. I would, I would ask for an intervention <laughs> yeah, at that point. I would, I would I'll be away one. from TMA. I've taken some time. <laughs> no. And once I say it, I think you're going to go, holy shit. Okay. This is the answer. All right. Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, he's got it all. Especially now. That, like, I would have said that even when he was on the PGA Tour, but now that he's on live. I, I mean, I because he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. I think there's a chance that he doesn't just have to have one person, even though the one he's got's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, that's my read. Yeah. And, and I, by the way, I tip my cap. Got an idea of where he's living. Obviously, they're not going, how are we going to pay the mortgage? If he wins, great. If he doesn't, I don't think, I think when he's on the 18th hole, 
you know, and he's tied playing for a green jacket. I doubt he's got a real high heart rate. Oh, yeah. No I doubt. doubt he's, you know, really studying the wind patterns. For sure. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, he's got it all. Answer. And then there isn't like the... Yeah, but he's battled too, man. He's had some problems off the court. But now, stuff. I'm talking about now, I get yeah. it. But yeah, I mean, but hey, the part, part of getting to being the guy is, yeah. is overcoming. And sure. so he's got the scars too. It's not like you're going, oh, he's got it now, but all hell's about to break loose. Right, totally. He's around 40, I would think, probably late 30s. Yeah. I wonder yeah, how old Dustin Johnson. What do you want to bet on this, Jackson? What do you think he is? I would bet that Dustin Johnson is 37 years old. Okay, I'm going to take the, oh, I'm going to say 39. Okay. I should have priced his ride at you, but I'm going to say 39 to be honest. 39. Whew. How impressed are you with? Because I could have said thirty-eight and just boxed you in on yeah, everything. You could have been seventy-five and I win, but I went thirty-nine. I really wanted the win. Yeah, I get that. You want to be right on the button. Thirty-nine. Yeah. yeah, thirty-nine. He got on to the Coastal Carolina golf team because he was on a family vacation near Myrtle Beach, right there, and it's technically in Conway, South Carolina. And he drove by where they practiced, and he's like, "That sounds fun," and emailed the coach, and the coach was like, "All right, come out and try it," and he was the best player by far, and they're like, all right, sign up. And he was like, all right, sounds good. And there he was on Coastal Carolina's golf team. I mean, he's from that area, but, like, it's a a larger area than you'd think. Um, So, yeah, I remember when I visited Coastal Carolina, that was a a good story. And I played the course out there. Beautiful. Was that right? Oh, sick. Uh, Eric Nickens says, Ed was dropping dimes all day, by the way. Yes, he was, assuming we're talking about Ed Herman. That segment, I told Jackson this, it energizes me. I lean in. I'm like, ah. Let's let's have a conversation and yeah. and you know that's that's my kind of thing. I mean, my one of my favorite things to do, truly, if I could give you my ideal day, I'll get a good night's sleep. Doesn't have to be sleeping until ten anymore, fortunately. But would be in a in a wonderful climate, and it can be here, you know. Um, round of golf with a with a good pairing. Yeah, that's the key. A, a you know. People who are going to be, we're not going to have thrown clubs, and it's not going to be tense like we're all playing for a green jacket or something. It's just like, you know, that. But also competence, so we're not waiting, you know. So there's a nice pace. Okay, you lost the ball. Here, Here's another one. We're fine. It's all going to be fine. Fuck. Good for balls for 10 minutes at a time, standing over the ball like you're Brian Harmon. Let's go. All right, so we have a nice pace of play. We probably play in three and a half hours. Ah. Uh. There's gambling. I could win, I could lose. I don't really care. I play well. I want to play well. I want to play better than my index. I'm fine with losing money. I want to play better than my index. That's, And then we have some libations post-round. Yeah, patio, preferably. Great conversation, like the Ed Herman kind of conversation. I like that kind of conversation. Some ball busting, of course. Everybody's balls get busted. There's no sacred cow. There's no some guy going, oh, can't make fun of this guy because it's going to, you know, he's going to then storm off or something. Everybody's getting their balls busted, or their clits busted, as the case might be. Mm-hmm. We welcome everybody. Yeah, cold ones. Thank you. And uh, and then we're going to have a nice dinner. Mm. Take your pick. I could think of a few places that would be wonderful. We're going to have ourselves a, lo- a lovely after-dinner beverage. What are you going to have? You're going to have port? Is port, that right? Yeah, port or, you know, some VSOP. VSOP. <laughs> God bless Jettings. Yeah. And... Uh, and then I'm going to meet up, uh, maybe my wife's with us for dinner, maybe my wife's with us afterwards. We're going to go straight to the stag bar, early session, early line change, and she's going to fall in love with a stripper, and she's going to come home with us, and we have at this point a place that is just set up for threesomes. <laughs> I talked about flop houses yesterday. Flop houses. That's what you need. That's what I need. Because yeah. I just, I don't, know how I, I don't know how I'd explain it to the boys if they meet a stripper walking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. <laughs> but that's there it is. There's my idea. But that conversation 
during the round of golf, afterwards while having some cocktails and at dinner, probably after I'm done with the conversations what we're at the, once we're at the stag bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just interacting Locked at that in. point with the, yeah, you know, the, the future, you know, medical school student who's grinding on me. Uh, that, that, that's, that's my night. That's what I need though. I need, I like that conversation. I love that. I agree with what Ed was saying. Like if I'm in a play, I mean, at this point, when am I in a place where I'm screaming and you can't hear? I mean, that's just not going to happen at this point in my life. Um, like a place where I'd be having drinks. I mean, if you'd be a sporting event, that can be the case. You probably don't go to places like that too often yourself. It doesn't strike me. We beat Scottsdale Clubs this weekend. Well, I'm telling you, that's some of the most beautiful men I've ever seen, Scottsdale Clubs. Uh, we are going to, yeah. Oh, uh, look at you. Well, yeah. You rolling balls, bro? No, definitely. No, no rolling balls. I am, uh, I am, I am not for sale, baby. Look at you. I am not for sale. Jackson's not for Everyone, sale. If you're gazing at me, turn around. I'm not for sale. That's what I'm saying. Now, what does that mean? That you're a man in love? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 with someone, so yeah, I'm I'm. But that's got nothing to do with rolling balls. No, but you said you were talking about the end of us, beautiful. You know, well, no, I mean I'm just I mean just recalling. That. That's when I hung out with Barkley. That's probably right. been your heart on. That's right. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, that has nothing to do with rolling balls. But I won't be doing that. Either. Can you picture that that me like now you know me now, that I guess I was 24 or maybe it just turned just turned 25, like I'm 25 in a week, the, that I am like I've got an attractive girl. Who I guess now, with hindsight, I know that she, and I don't know why. This isn't like a brag. I'm confused by it. I guess wanted to fuck. Mm-hmm. The following year, she wanted to fuck. That time, I, it wasn't even on my mind. She's like good looking, but she was going out with a guy who plays in the NFL and is an offensive lineman. I'm not that type. There aren't guys with my dimensions who are blocking in the National Football League. But again, meet you in the A gap. But you can meet me in the A gap. But either way, says hey, we're going to go out after the Cardinals and Diamondbacks game, and I go. I will if the Cardinals win. I won't if they lose. I mean, what in the hell? But that's what I was. And then I'm, like, staying at, like, a Holiday Inn Express just to the north of downtown Phoenix. I mean, ball so hard university here. Yeah, holy hell. And I'm the number three guy at KMOV, so, right. you know. But if anyone asks, maybe number two. That's right. Big time. And uh, and then she goes, okay, I'm picking you up. I'm like they and they lost in heartbreaking. Fa- I mean, I'm just sitting there, probably like staring at the wall in my Holiday Inn. <laughs> Can't wait to get home. And she goes, "I'm picking you up." And I go, "I'm not going. We're gonna meet Charles Barkley at the Ritz in Scottsdale. We'll drink through your sorrows." I'm like, "That sounds great," but they lost. I'm just not. I I, I want to <laughs> retroactively go back and slap you. And this absolutely happened. Yeah. She Absolutely happened. She wouldn't have finished a sentence and my shoes have been tied. Now, I don't know what happened to get me to go, but I did go. Mm-hmm. And then I'm kind of like, and I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know. I think I had like the bullshit detector I have now. Mm-hmm. But I, then I, now I'd be like, oh, this is, this is like an Instagram person wanting to like, you know, I don't know. I just automatically discount. Anytime somebody's like name dropping, it's like, okay, go fuck off. But then we get there and I wasn't surprised he was there. He was there. And then there was an NBA referee there. Um, not Donahue. I was about to say. Black gentleman, so I don't know. And then, like, a couple, you know, nice-looking women, but not, like, you know, falling all over ourselves. And it's just, like, six of us, just, like, around, like, a, like, kind of like a, a lower table, whatever you would, a coffee table, I don't know, but at a bar. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was right at the Ritz-Carlton in Scottsdale. And we sat there, and we bullshitted for, like, three or four hours. And I was glad that I went. Obviously so. And yeah. then we're walking out, and then it's just me, her, and Barkley. Oh, my at like one in the morning, and I remember seeing Matt Morris, mm-hmm. not my golf buddy, 
but number 35 of the Cardinals and the late great Daryl Kyle walking in. And I think Morris started that game five and pitched his balls off against Kurt Schilling. And they, you know, I knew Morris better than I knew Kyle. And I remember them seeing Barkley, and then they saw me. And then, like, there was a moment of, like, just confusion. Right. They're like, did this guy get to number two on the sports team? <laughs> Walking around with Barkley. And it was great. And he couldn't have been – I'm so glad that I did it. But I'm telling you, I was so upset about the Cardinals losing in the NLDS that I was just going to sit in my room. Oh, my God. And can you picture, like, this person now? <laughs> like, you know, like, like, imagine, like – I don't know what, what would be that version of 20, like Ella Reese. Ella Reese yeah. is going to be, yeah. you know, or like and Anna Marie digs her and Ella Reese digs Anna Marie. But I'm like, the Cardinals lost. I can't go out. Well, that's the litmus test is like if Ella Reese can't get you out, that's when you're at your most. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Barkley was done playing in 2001, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think okay. he had probably started at TNT at that point. Is that right? Yeah. He's been there for so long. Right. Like so long. And he wasn't, he wasn't as. No, and that and show he, wasn't. It. But he, all he was talking about was gambling. That's what I remember. Yeah, and I'm like, holy well shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, this guy. And he had money on everything. It wasn't like the size of a bet. That was, that was, there was a really funny. I my, One of my favorite pockets of TikTok is inside the NBA clips. And there's one where uh, Barkley talks about fighting fans. He's like, I think I got arrested for fighting fans four times. <laughs> and he goes, well, maybe six. <laughs> and, and Ernie goes, well, not convicted, right? He goes, yeah, because I settled. <laughs> He's so fucking funny, dude. And, uh, yeah, his personality, and from what I've heard from you, and I've talked to a couple other people who have hung out with him in, like, much more casual settings, yeah. is he's exactly who you think right. and want him to be. He's just unapologetic. I yeah. mean, it's just kind of like, like this is what it is. Man too. Right. Like, like not well, when like, we ran into him, and I obviously didn't remember. I can't imagine it would be really weird if he would have. Uh, what, 12 years later when we were staying at the hotel we were staying at when Missouri played Auburn. Right, 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 right. And this was in downtown Atlanta. And I actually, fuck, that might be like the next most despondent I've been over a game. I mean, at this point, it's been over for a little bit. Probably. But I remember riding whatever the hell the, what is it that they have in Atlanta? Because I took it from the Atlanta airport. Oh, to like my, the public transit? Yeah, yeah I know I what it's called. Producer Joe was telling me, uh, make sure you take this. It's easy. You'll get in and out. Um, and I remember being on that thing on the way back to the hotel and I get out, and I'm still, like, Anna Marie's like, you want to go somewhere? And I said, let's just eat at the hotel, you know? I'm like, stop fucking Trey Mason. <laughs> and and then we happen to see him in the lobby, and there's, it's not like there's a bunch of people there, you know? And and I'm like, hey, you mind taking a picture here real quickly? So I get a picture of him and my wife. And he goes, man, you guys are so good. You should have won that game. So lucky. Because I'm so fucking drunk right now, but I'm so excited <laughs> to watch this. I think it was Ohio State, Michigan State. And I can't remember who had to win and who had to lose. But if one, and it happened because then Auburn wound up playing Jameis Winston in yep. Florida State. Yep. And uh, he couldn't have been more friendly. And then he went up. And it, again, it's it, you know it, he was just like off in like the hotel bar area watching that game and cheering, wearing his Auburn stocking cap and couldn't be more excited about the whole thing. Yeah, just a... He loves, like, he's a real sports fan. He's he just Marta, seems, thank you, Alan Dadeville. Yeah, he's, he just seems like, like, the, the, the coolest. Yeah. The cool, like, like a guy who, like, they say never meet your heroes, but like a guy you would actually want to Right. Meet. So I don't know. I don't know what would be, would have been different. And it, was, it wasn't about Barkley that got me out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what got me out. But I just remember, I'm like, okay, I got to think, think that that's where I was. And again, your age, man, mm-hmm. older than you, right? No, I just turned 25. Yeah. Yeah, it's about, the, about the same age. So, okay, let's say Missouri loses. Yeah, if Missouri loses in the Elite Eight okay. in a heartbreaking fashion because the Cardinals lost in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Oh, 
And I and I hadn't seen the Cardinals win a World Series since '82, so I'm still on this quest. So Elite Eight. It's, yeah. Oh. And you can go out, and I don't know. I know you're a man in love. Yeah. Make sure that's clear. But I yeah with Barkley, I Barkley. You know that's who's you're gonna go out. Oh. You you would you would how would you handle that? Because that's that's kind of the apples to apples that I had. Yeah. I, it, like thinking of it right now, I would say yes, I'm going out. Yeah, going but you're out. not. Li- yeah. But if like put the man to the test, actually have that situation happen, like a three pointer at the buzzer with a two point lead, and Missouri doesn't go to the Final Four. I don't know if you are. And the thing is, in a way, I I not only respect it, but I kind of admire that. So I'm looking in a way at myself twenty plus years ago, and I'm going, that was kind of a beautiful thing that I was that sad. Yeah, yeah. I just I uh, I I think I think like the optimist in me is like, oh, of course I would go out. But put the man to the test. I, I don't think you would. I'd be really distressed. I don't think you would. I really don't think you would. But here's a, like, I had. What after, if the Blues lose to the Blue Jackets tonight? Would I, you'd have to, like, someone would have to tell me. Like, wouldn't, I wouldn't be aware of it. Like, I'll be aware of it when I arrive here tomorrow morning. Um, but, like, after the Princeton loss, obviously round of 32 is different. Than that was sweat free. But, but it yes, still was brutal. It was still brutal. And that, I Were was, they. 15? What was Missouri this year? Uh, last year they were a yeah. 7. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Cause, yeah, because they, if they would have won the first game, they would have been playing, playing the 1 it. seed. Um, if they were an 8 or 9, so they had to be a 7 to play the, right. fif- the 15 or the 2. 2, two which was Arizona. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, I, because it was like, like oh, my God, they're going to get to the Sweet 16. All they got to do is get past fucking Princeton. And they've beaten, no, I just, uh, they've beaten Tennessee twice already. Like, yeah. what's Princeton? Either way. I went to dinner immediately after that with all my friends. And how were you? Uh, uh, general was, sense of malaise, but yeah. it was, I was but it there. Was so, it was so, like, from the beginning, like, it was just kind of obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, as unfortunate as it was, it was never really a sweat. Uh, they were like, not the gonna... Cardinals had their hearts ripped out in the bottom of the ninth inning on a walk-off hit, on a kind of a bang-bang play. Holy shit. Yeah. It's the only time I've been in a baseball clubhouse where guys were crying. Mm-hmm. Only. I've seen Blues cry. I've seen Rams cry. Obviously, college athletes cry. Never seen baseball players. And it's not like I'm in there. But when the Cardinals lost to the Red Sox and got swept, Walt Jockety was, like, giving me trouble, like, joking around. And he fucking hates me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, yeah that, that, that's what I'm going to talk about. I mean, that, was like, a, that well, was like a rough death. That wasn't like, okay, we lost to Princeton, that sucks. But you kind of got run by Princeton, which I don't think anybody's ever said. It, it was, you can tell, like, to me, the biggest tell on that stuff is if you're getting out-rebounded like crazy on the offensive end, like if they're getting a lot of offensive boards, that is a sign that you are, you are, not, you are not in the fight. Like, if you're getting dominated up front in the offensive line. This is good for my live betting. Yeah, like if an offensive line is getting dominated, probably a tell to that team. Oh, 100%. Make a, the exact same thing is if you're getting out-rebounded on defense. Like, if you're if they're getting a ton of offensive board, which Princeton was, and, it, and their defense are shooting a lot of threes, long shots equal long rebounds. Either way, that's an effort thing. Rebounding yeah. is all effort and hard. Charles Barkley is a prime example. Yeah. Six foot five, it was one of the best rebounders in NBA history. It's mm-hmm. all about effort and heart. And if you're not in it like that, probably not going to happen. So it was a slow, painful death, yeah. but the outlook before was nothing short of pure euphoria. Yeah. So it was tough. It was like a don't talk about it dinner. I, I went into that game thinking, God, I, I have a really bad feeling. I feel like it's a bad matchup, and I would have had a different feeling going to the Arizona game. Because it's like you're free rolling. Exactly right. That's the thing. And, then they, and I felt like that would have benefited Missouri perhaps more, especially that team. Yeah.
Uh, all right, we'll go. Um, yeah, Eric Nickens says, this is the question I brought up yesterday and how wins and losses affect you at different points in your life. No question about it, but, you know, like the Blues winning the Cup was five years ago, and I was emotionally leveraged on that thing without question. And I'm telling you, if Missouri gets to a spot where they are playing for the college football playoff or playing in the college football playoff, I will be – because I saw what happened for the LSU game in particular where I was like, okay, I'm in a, I'm in a bad mood. And in a way, it sucks, but I'm like, oh, it's good that I still – can have that. Yeah, it's like you got to die know? a little bit to live. Right. And, 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 but I think that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like I look at you and I'm envious of the fact that you can feel that way. Yeah. I can, it's just going to take like, because I haven't seen Missouri win a championship. That's why I'm so leveraged. I don't get me wrong. If the Cardinals are in game seven, I mean, I lived it. I, the Cardinals have won a world series and obviously I'm emotionally leveraged in 2011. But I think it, I think if that happens with freeze in game six, and the Cardinals did not win in 2006 and had not won since 82, I probably would have fired some pre. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get that. So it just was another level because I had seen them win a World yeah, Series. Yeah. And I can't imagine, like, if the Blues lost in a controversial fashion in Game 7 of 2019. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, my God, this city couldn't take it. Uh, with Missouri, all I, like— just all I want is a little pre. Like, just give me a. You want a little pre. All we want is a little pre. Is the title of today's podcast? All we want is a li- just a little bit of pre. Like, you know, we've gotten. I get the Auburn game, uh, SEC championship was an example of of possible pre on the on the precipice. Oh, I was so. But glad to be but there. we just. I, I so... mean, for basketball wise, never made it past the Elite Eight. Football wise, the I mean, the college football playoff has only been in existence for ten years. But I've like sniffed a possibility of. Possibly, but never really. Missouri yeah. has been in three elite eights in my lifetime. I believe you might, you would be the person to correct me if I'm wrong. Ninety four, two thousand two and two thousand nine. Definitely oh two and oh nine. Okay, in ninety four they were number one seed. And they lost to Arizona. Okay. Uh, two thousand two, I was there in San Jose. They lost to Oklahoma after beating UCLA on Thursday night. In two thousand nine, I was there after they beat Memphis on Thursday night and they lost to UConn. Oh, you were there. In oh yeah. 09? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Anna Marie and I went out there. Um, what city was that? It was in Arizona, Glendale, where you're heading, cool. except it's on the other end of the monstrous city that is Phoenix. So were they playing at the University of Arizona? They are playing where the Cardinals uh, play. Okay. No, that's in Tucson. Oh, okay, so they're playing in... The Glendale. St- oh, they're playing in the stadium. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, wow. which I think sucks, but I understand yeah, why they the do Sun's it. Sun's Arena's right there. That's interesting. I don't know, but either way, I mean, that, that was a good game. The 2002 game, they just missed a bunch of free throws. That was a great team. Mm-hmm. That was a fucking 12 seed. It had to be one of the best 12 seed teams. Um that really could have perhaps won the whole thing. Yeah, if you, George Mason might have been. Think, that was 2006. Yeah, but I'm trying to think what seed they were. I think a 12 think, sounds right. I'm going to go with an 11. Okay, yeah. Usually a team like that would not get lower. What than, seed was George Mason? I'm going to put my action on 12. God, I feel really good about 11. All right, all right. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're Jim Laranega. Jimmy Laranega. Great Jimmy going to offer a wager, but. It's 11 seed. I don't even know why I fuck with it. Like, if I know, I know. Okay. And it just, in a way, it takes the fun out of the game. <laughs> yeah. <does> you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Jackson. We went. Well, we did the Stern thing. Yeah. You said it all. And then he gets some... I, Bradley Cooper called him out on that on an interview. Did re- re- I mean, I didn't call him out. He goes, I know what you're doing. He goes, you let, and, I, and I recognize it, too. I, kn- I mean, I know exactly what he's doing. And he denies that it's a tactic. Sorry, I gotta, I gotta get you out. You've already said too much, and then I'll ask another question. And then if you do have a guest whose guards up, they've, okay, we're done. And then you get the really good stuff right there at the end. Yeah, 
That's I, I, exactly I, what we did by talking about Missouri basketball in 2023. I need to I need to listen to that Stern Bradley Cooper. I find Bradley Cooper fascinating. It was too focused on his recent Maestro. film. That's that's what I was nervous about because it was it was I mean it still was good, and then it just was yeah it was, it was too a, too much on my yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I saw it fine you know respect but. You're trying a little too much, Brad. But, oh, is that right? I don't know. I mean, I, just find I, just, I, I, I want to hear about an interview. I don't. I know. I, I know you got to plug stuff. Right. Right. It's like the Edmonds interview when we had him on Balloon Party. You know, he wanted to plug the helmets. Mm-hmm. God bless. But I'm like, I get it. But I only got an hour, and then it's like, ah, I wanted to ask so much more. And then how about what he said about the Hall of Fame? Yeah, man. Holy shit. And I'm like, and so he's in the mood to talk, and then I'm like fuck, we're not going to be able to get there because he's going to go because he views me like a, you know, like he's not thinking that we're on the radio. Right, right. So we're going to be bullshitting mm-hmm. and he's going to get to a point where he's going to drop an F-bomb. I know it. You I, know, I not had because, my finger ready to Because Because I can tell he's comfortable. Yeah. And he's firing shots on things. Yeah. The thing that I really wanted to get into, which is super obscure, but we've talked about it before and he's talked about it on the air. After they lost game one of the 2004 World Series, both him and Roland were saying to me, and I don't know how deep down they believed it, but this did happen in the Fenway Park Clubhouse. They were so pissed off about the umpire. They're like, this is fucking fixed. And I'm like, the fact that you guys are, you know, both in my mind, like super superstars, certainly in my mind, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. I still believe that. Jim doesn't believe he's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. But either way, that you're playing in the World Series, you literally just got done with it. And that's even on your mind. As, as This isn't like... Obviously, it's pre-Twitter. This isn't like Tiger Board, you know, <laughs> like they're out to get us. You know, I'm going, holy shit. So I would love to, like, revisit that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he would have been in a mode. I could tell he was in a mode that I could have gone into some of these things. Yeah. Uh, I remember sitting with Larusa in his office in 2004. Or maybe it was 2003. I don't know. And I'm like, man, I really hope the Cubs make the playoffs. I'd love to see you guys play the Cubs. I don't want to see that. And I go, why is that? They're not that great. He goes, well, you never know with baseball. They might want to see the Cubs win the series. I'm going, the fuck? I mean, is this shit, like, you guys really think this way? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, is this shit, like, obviously there are people who are like, well, of course the Chiefs are going to beat the Ravens. The NFL wants Taylor Swift in there. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. But then I go, I don't know, maybe, fuck, I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Now I find myself open to, like, shit that I used to just automatically dismiss ever since seeing Lee Harvey Oswald's reaction when he was told he was charged with the murder of the president. I'm like, well, fuck, if they can pull that off, they can pull off anything. You know what I mean? As it goes back to our topic was yesterday is what has changed? What's a, a, a opinion change that you've made? Ah. And obviously that's a small version and kind of embellishing there, but it, stuff like that can yeah. definitely open your eyes to more yeah. unconventional thinking on. That's the thing. Cause then it's like the people who are like real conspiracy theorists, like I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to be, you know what I mean? Some that's like gross. Like, yeah. You know, like, come on. Like, right. And you see them in the text inbox and it's, you know, it's yeah, like, okay, this is, some this that are is like, right. But, but then I go, okay, I mean, if, if, if that can be done, and I am now of the opinion that something, all I, all I am of the opinion of with operating on some semblance of as close as you can be to certainty without certainty is Lee Harvey Oswald did not shoot John F. Kennedy. That's all, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. I don't know who did. I don't know what the hell happened. But it means something. I, but but, that, but I'm just, unless, unless, like, he's like schizo and, yeah. you know, that, that, that would be my, but, but either way. Okay, so that's the case, then... What's, what else? Then, then that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, it opens your eyes to it. That's kind of like the thing with like, okay, if there are extraterrestrials, then what else? I'm like, well, I'm like, well, then there can't be ghosts. Well, then why can't there be ghosts? You know, I'm not necessarily like in the case of like a guy with a sheet. You ever done? You ever dug into simulation theory? No, Boy, I mean, that's, that's a that's a recent phenomenon though, that'll right? They were talking up. about that in the '80s. Yeah. 
that'll fuck you up. Yeah. That'll fuck you up. So, like, yeah, I can definitely... There's certain conspiracy theories where it's like, hey, like, I get that you do this and that's cool, but, like, some serious shit went on and let's, let's, let's like, let that be. But then I totally get, like, you can't just, like, blindly trust what people in power are telling you. That's, right. you yeah. Know, that's proven to be really, really, dis- like, a big problem in the world over the course but of history. I, I suppose, like, I, you know, not that I'm holding on to this, but I've gotten to know somebody who was about to be vice president two different times mm-hmm. and p- perhaps consider him to be one of the finest people I know that I've met and mm-hmm. spent a good amount of time with in, in Jack Danforth. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's not somebody who would have been, like, manipulating. Right. But then are the people who are manipulating not really sitting in the Oval Office or sitting, you know. Right. And, or are they unnamed redacted? That's what, so, so I don't know. I, I see that stuff. And then, and by the way, like, who's this guy trending on Twitter last night? And then it's a guy, and it's got, it's got I mean, it's the fact that I'm even spending time on this. But it's like Joe Biden isn't attacking the Middle East tonight and nobody's saying anything. Remember, and I'm just like, I'm like, OK, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident of what I've got here. As far as I know, it didn't happen. I suppose I can't say I know it didn't happen right. because I'm not, you know, flying around checking on the ground what's going on there. I'm just like, shouldn't that like blow up this person's credibility? You know, I mean, I took a lot of shit for saying Kareem Rush was going to sign on a Friday when he signed on a Monday with Missouri. You know, there's no there's <laughs> tells to me of someone who is uh, not acting in good faith. And when you end it with no one is talking about this, that's a that's a that's a that's a dead giveaway to me. Like when you make like some like crazy statement and then it's like and of course nobody is talking about this. It's like, OK, well, who are you sourcing on that? Like I see that. I'm saying I just for life. I just don't. I'm in awe of this whole thing. Yeah. I'm 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 pretty disengaged. I, somehow that we had a topic today where somebody's I used to, oh, their opinion changed. I used to not pay attention to politics and now I do. And I'm like. Well, I'm the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm the complete opposite of the whole thing. And I don't know if anything will bring me back or if I'll be brought back kind of out of like a necessity, not because the public needs me, <laughs> but because I feel like, okay, I can't possibly just, you know, yeah. withdraw uh, and feel like I'm being, but I mean, I don't know. It's been a lot more peaceful mentally to not engage ever since January 7th of 2021, right? Yeah, 2021, because um, that was... Rough day. TMA, rough TMA, that's for sure. All right, we got to go. Jackson, we got to go. You got to let me go. We have one more in January. Oh, what a January it's been. I know. What a January it's been. And then you're off to Scottsdale. Yep. All right. Yep. Enjoy it. I'm jealous. We'll have one more QFT tomorrow. You can send in anything. Anything's welcome. Still offering a $150 bounty for pissing me off. Mm -hmm. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. You got to use your real email address because then I'm going to Venmo you. And then when you use your AOL account, it's going to be some inconsistencies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, of course, any questions, comments, erotic stories, uh, send them in. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N and inside STL.com. Thank you to Longo Biggs Studio Sponsor online at longobigs.com. Thank you to James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, online at carltoninsurance.net. That James Carlton. We, Doug and I were talking about that. How about, like, how great our sponsors are? Like, For this real? isn't just, like, let's talk about our sponsors and say they're great. Like, we have a guy come in here, in Ed Herman, and Andy Crouppen's great, too. And it's just like they're like I have no problem like to, to, like these segments that oftentimes can be show killers, dead serious. Not that that's shocking to anybody. Mm-hmm. Where you like have a sponsor in, you know? Oh, and it, you know, and he like wants to do bits. Oh my god, 
I mean, what? How, how, I mean, how lucky we're going like Mark Hanna's like a great fucking guy. Right. Well, it goes back to Jamie like, Burkhardt at Munganess, St. Louis Accurate.com, Munganess Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, and Seth Goldcamp at DesignAirService.com, and how he's taking care of our audience in some rough spots in Iggy at an apartment complex. I mean, we're just not in a spot where we're like, oh, we got to endorse this person, but we know deep down this person's, you know, right. a motherfucker. You know? It goes back to like showing that you are such a, like a, a, like a good, warm personality and that, like, that is a reflection of the quality of your business and not... That's how I view things. Yeah, I really do. And not like, because you can come on here, plug, 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 and that's cool, and I get that. But like showing your personality and showing the kind of person you are, and TMA is a great way to do that, is such a great reflection of your business. And I think all those sponsors who have sat in here will tell you, like, that connection with the show and with the fans have made such a difference, you know, and that's mm. such a key part of it is coming on here and like, and showing that personality, and we've been so fortunate from everybody's For thing. real, I don't, I mean, that's, I don't know how that's happened. I mean, that's a... That's, yeah, that's, that's like real connection. That that's is, real connection. I don't know. That's, that's, I mean, there's a lot of things where I go, holy shit, how lucky were we? Holy shit, how lucky were we? Holy shit, we're looking about that, that part. Wow. Uh, so anyway, there it is. There's our sponsors who make it possible. We're very grateful for them. We truly do speak uh, incredibly highly of them. That is not bullshit. All right, for Jackson Burkett and Tim McKernan, this has been the Tim McKernan Show podcast QFTA from the Longo Big Studios. Bye.